0: Father, we humble ourselves. We come together in unity in the name of Jesus and through his blood. And we thank you, Lord, for your holy word. We love your presence. We love worship. We love the precious uh, presence and power of the Holy Spirit. But, Lord, we also love your word. We need your word. Where would we be today without the word of God? We'd be so lost and confused. But, Lord, your word is an anchor in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that as a pastor, that you come speak through me. And that this word will go out and be like, is the parable of the seed and the sower, living seeds of truth that will be sown into good, fertile soil of hearts and minds and lives right now. And that the precious Holy Spirit would just be a gentle rain and just water that seed in people of the word of God. And help, Lord, that seed to really take root in all of us and grow and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. Oh, let there be the washing of the water of the word. Let there be the shining light of your truth that will dispel all the darkness, all the lies, all the evil, all the the deception of the enemy. Even pet doctrines, even like religious things that uh, maybe people's picked up in church. It's not biblical, it's just stuff that's thought and believed. But Lord, let your light come in and dispel all of that that's not truth and, and bring truth, bring life in revelation. Lord, I pray that There will be a strong anointing. And we bind the enemy. The Bible says that the enemy tries to come like birds and steal the seed. So we agree together. We bind up the enemy. He's not going to hinder the word of the Lord. And, Lord, we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit just being like a wind that will carry this everywhere it's supposed to go. And that your holy angels that are guardians will watch over your people and watch over your word going forth. We bless you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You guys help me preach tonight, okay? We're going to deal with true discernment. It's going to be kind of the anchor, the centerpiece. But we're living in the last days. And the Bible says, I can't rabbit trail on this too much, but the Bible's really clear that Jesus said, when you see all these signs start happening, He said, look up because your redemption draws nigh. And literally, this is not an exaggeration. I've studied in depth studied end time prophecy for for years and i believe that we're seeing all the signs beginning to unfold in our generation i really do i believe the coming of the lord is very near um, i can't get off on that but trust me when i tell you of these next couple of weeks i'll get more into it. but we are definitely um, in the end times and so i'm going to deal in this with some spiritual like strategic spiritual warfare that Satan tries to send against churches. If everybody could kind of look this way for a moment and hear me. Satan knows that once people accept Christ as their Savior and they're sincere, there's not a thing he can do about it. Right? And he knows that Christians are going to find a way to meet together. Down through the centuries, he stirred up, you know, wicked nations to try to destroy Christianity, but they still would meet together underground. And Satan knows that persecution seems to only strengthen the church. He'll kill one, and ten others pop up in their place. And so I believe that Satan has seen over the centuries how he's not going to be able to stop people from getting saved, and he's not going to be able to stop them from meeting together. So what Satan wants to do is he wants to attack churches in a way that will make them ineffective for the kingdom of god they're ineffective they don't have any real power they're not seeing people saved they're not seeing people healed they're not seeing people delivered of things they are just ineffective they're a shell of what they could be and revelation twelve twelve, says woe to the earth and the sea because the devil's gone down to you he's filled with fury because he knows his time is short And so I believe that the devil sees that the end is wrapping up and he's filled with fury because he knows his time is short and he wants to try to attack the church in a way to make the church lukewarm, spiritually dead, ineffective, not able to be anything like what they should be biblically. They're just a shell of what they could be where they're more like just a social event a social club, but they're not powerful in God. And 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 says, But mark this, there will be terrible times, fierce times, perilous times in the last days. Terrible times can be translated perilous or fierce in the Bible. And the picture there is that of like a rabid animal. You guys uh, ever seen, hopefully not in person, but (laughs) where maybe an animal was cornered and they're going to really go after... Well, that's kind of the picture here is that these end times will be extremely perilous. They will be terrible. They will be fierce. And so in the latter days, we know that Satan is going to see that his time is short. He's going to be filled with fury and there's going to be like an onslaught There's going to be severe spiritual warfare. There's going to be thick darkness that comes upon the earth, Isaiah 60, verse 2. And there's going to be great deception. The Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 4, when Jesus was asked about the last days, the first thing Jesus said was, let no one deceive you. So we know that there's going to be great deception. So let me say this again. There's going to be severe spiritual warfare against God's people. There's going to be thick darkness that comes upon the earth. There's going to be great deception. Um, 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 says there's going to be seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Seducing spirits can also be translated deceiving spirits. This is the time of all times as we're living in these days before the coming of the Lord that we've got to stay close to Jesus. This is not the time to get out of church. I feel for people that are out there on their own. This is the time that we need to know the Word of God for ourselves. We need to cultivate a prayer life for ourselves where we develop a relationship with the Lord. And 2 Corinthians, I'll talk about this later, where Paul said the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We need to know the Holy Spirit. We need to be around the things of God and be strengthened by God's people and strengthened in His house. And what concerns me is in this battleground of the church. Satan is trying to attack the church. And this is something I believe that God has me preaching this in River of Life for a reason. I hope that everybody's able to hear this. But whenever people don't have a right heart toward the leadership, it can really hinder them from receiving what God has for them. And Satan knows that. there's people that for different reasons, I'll just tell you, I, I could tell a lot of different stories, but down through the years, I've seen things like this, where I'd be preaching the Word of the Lord, and there'd be somebody with their arms folded back there, just looking at me like, "You know you little peon, what are you even talking about?" You know, just sitting there just real defiant. I've seen other people that, that just sit there, down through the years and just just glare at me. It's like hatred. And that's a Jezebel spirit that's trying to intimidate the preacher from delivering the word of the Lord. I've seen people literally roll their eyes and just sit there and kind of smirk and, and just whatever type of attitude. And you could see it all over them while you're preaching. I've even seen where um, people have really bucked up in their heart against the word of the Lord to the degree that I would be reading the scriptures, reading the Bible. And somebody would snicker or smirk at the word of God. I'm just telling you things I've experienced in the ministry down through the years. And when people don't realize it, but when they have that type of a heart within them against authority and against the word of the Lord like that and against God's anointed ministers, they don't realize it, but the the very healing that they desperately need in themselves that could be taking place through that leadership they are cutting themselves off from being able to receive. They themselves have put up a wall where they cannot receive from the Lord through that leadership. And until they deal with that, they're going to be hindered big time. And some people have the attitude, well, I'm not getting fed, but everybody else is. But it's something in them that is bucking up against the word of the Lord through that man or woman of God, and they cannot receive from them. It's something in them. It's something in them that is dishonoring and disrespectful toward the word of the Lord and toward that leadership to where the Holy Spirit is grieved and other people around them may seem to be getting touched a lot more through that leader under the anointing than they are. And so make sure in these latter days that you guard your heart and don't allow the enemy to creep in and try to hinder you from being able to receive what God has for you through the local church. There's people that go to church, but there's something in them that's so rebellious and still kind of prideful and bucking up against leadership where they really can't grow spiritually until they deal with that. They have something in them that is really resistant. It's opposed to that leader. They can't receive the word. They can't receive the anointing. They can't receive the healing they need. They can't receive through that leader because in them they still got something that's bucking up against. I'll tell you, being in the ministry, I'm saying all this for a reason, okay? because I'm trying to help people. But in the ministry, I've even seen where some people, they'll be 30, 40, 50 years old, and it seems like talking to them, it's like a rebellious little brat teenager that's rebelling against their mommy and daddy. They act that immature. They still have some kind of a prideful streak in them and a rebellious streak in them that flares up in their attitude. And when people have that type of attitude, they don't understand it, but they're their own worst enemy. They literally are totally, completely blocking themselves from really receiving everything that they desperately need through that anointed leadership. So guard your heart and pray about these things. All right, so I'm going to deal with six different spirits that are in the Bible that I believe are targeting churches in these last days to render them ineffective, ineffective, powerless, lukewarm, and just trying to keep it. Think about it. If Satan can get them, get churches to be, he knows that they're going to be saved. He knows that they're going to meet together. But if he can just get them just to be an entertainment social club, and that's it, there's no power then he knows that he's confined them to that, and they're not going to do anything that's a threat to his kingdom. So let me just read a couple things, and I'm going to pick up where I left off last week. Acts 16, verse 16, It happened that as we were going to a place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her master's much profit by fortune-telling, following after Paul, and us, she kept crying out saying these men are bond servants of the most high God who are proclaiming you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. And that word annoyed in the Greek is like vexed and grieved in his spirit. And he turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very moment. And so we see here that the Greek word. For divination, she had a spirit of divination, is the Greek word puthon, where we get the word uh, python from. All right, so let me just read you a couple things. The spirit of divination in the Bible is an occult spirit. It's translated, like I said, from the word puthon, I believe is how you pronounce it. The Vulgate version of the Bible speaks of uh, divination being connected to pythons and diviners. And in this Greek culture, The priestess of Apollo at Delphi was an occult practitioner. And they were supposedly like this oracle that was believed to be at the center of the world there at Delphi. And mediums would go there. And these mediums would go into these occult trances and they would channel spirits. And also people had familiar spirits like this lady, spirits of divination. And they would go around fortune telling. This was very common here. And it was connected to this region where Paul was at when he was preaching. It's a, an occult spirit of what we would call false prophecy or maybe clairvoyant or a spirit of divination, obviously, but something like that. All right, there's a lady named Sandy Free that wrote about her experience when her and her husband pastored in our region. So I'm going to read you. I got little snippets from this book she wrote called The Jezebel Yoke. And I pulled out some little things here and there and just put this in here, but I found it very interesting. I'd forgotten about it. But after I preached last week, I remembered about this and went back and I wanted to share this. But she wrote this, During this attack of Jezebel on our church in Texas, I sometimes personally felt as if the breath was being squeezed out of my lungs and I feared for my life. Have you ever felt as I did, that the life was literally being squeezed out of you? Maybe the enemy has attacked your finances and squeezed out all you have. This could be the result of Jezebel and the Python spirit. In his book, Unmasking the Jezebel Spirit, John Paul Jackson states that Jezebel spirit uses a spirit of divination called Python. And the Apostle Paul, remember he was vexed, he was grieved by this spirit. As the Python spirit constricts, it begins to squeeze. It attempts to yoke people with death. And one can feel the restraints with every constriction because it squeezes out hope. Many often revert to old patterns of behavior, and therefore people remain in unhealthy lifestyle cycles of destruction with no hope for freedom. She said, whenever I was in Texas, I noticed how Jezebel affected the spiritual climate, literally squeezing the life out of not only praise and worship, but also the prophetic ministry. Those with a Jezebel spirit have deep roots of rejection and abandonment issues. Many deliverance ministers link the yoking of a Jezebel spirit to an orphan spirit. It squeezes out hope breakthroughs, finances, life, and yokes people to death and infirmity. Just as true prophecy that's from the Lord will release life and hope and direction, false prophecy releases death, confusion, control, occult powers, depression, and demonic spirits to be at work. All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about these biblical spirits. I'll give you some scriptures as we go, but Job 40 talks about the spirit of leviathan this is what i want to talk about i believe it's job 40 you can easily google this look it up for yourself i don't have all the scripture references here but isaiah i believe it's isaiah 29 if i'm not mistaken but also talks about a spirit of leviathan and then of course you see a description of it in the book of revelation which i'll share later but leviathan the bible says that it rules over the children of pride and so a leviathan in the Bible. Is seen metaphorically like this big, huge sea monster that has multiple heads. And it's like a fire-breathing dragon, but many heads. And it has this long tail. And it has all these scales on it. And all of this is symbolic. Because when you do, if you want to do a, a, a scary study in the Bible, do a study on pride. And the reason why Leviathan shows up to attack leviathan shows up to attack the glory of the lord the glory of the lord is his thick weighty presence and satan does not want the manifest presence of the lord in this earth anywhere in any place where the heavens begin to open and the glory of the lord begins to come among those people leviathan wants and desires to begin to come in and destroy that move of god And so Leviathan will look for people that are people of pride, people that he can maneuver through them like a puppet. And people that have seen visions and dreams of this spirit have also seen like a big crocodile uh, representing Leviathan as well. But what Leviathan does, Leviathan will begin to move in to come against the glory of the Lord. And when he moves in, he wants to find some people that he can move in their life and they begin to get offended they begin to feel maybe that they're being overlooked and they begin to get lifted up with pride and they begin to say you know who does this guy think he is and they start getting an attitude toward the leadership in the church and whatever that may be but they they don't want to any longer submit to that or go along with the way the church is going now they feel like they know better And they'll begin, Leviathan, it says that there's these sparks or fire in his mouth. And it's interesting because James, I believe, chapter 4, says that some people allow their tongues to be lit by the fires of hell itself. And what that is, it's where people come under the influence of something that they begin to shoot off their mouth against the church leadership and other people. And through their gossip and their slander and their subversive tactics, they begin to divide God's people. And we want the glory of the Lord, we want his presence, but we don't need to be ignorant of Satan's devices either. Because we know when the glory of the Lord comes, that Satan is not going to sit around on his hands. He wants to stop that move of God of any kind. And so this attack is an attack of pride, where somebody wants to get others to align with them and begin to go against that leadership. And you can see churches that have been attacked by Leviathan, they said it was like, the tail of that Leviathan spirit just swept through and it just decimated that church. The church would split, people left, people got hurt, and any time that happens, also a lot of people that even remain are so disillusioned, and because of all the strife and the fighting that happened in the church, it seems oppressed by the devil, it seems like it's hard to worship and pray there. Something has swept through that place and brought division And just shattered the dreams of that church. This is a strong attack. And I'm going to show you in the New Testament where every one of these spirits are not only in the Old, they're in the New Testament. And every single one of them are linked to end time prophecy. And every one of them are linked together. And I'm going to show it to you. I'm just trying to give you an idea of what's going on. The second spirit I want to talk about after Leviathan is a religious spirit. A religious spirit is like a Pharisee spirit. Everybody's familiar with the Pharisees in the Bible. It has to do with spiritual death and division, but this targets the freedom in a church. Leviathan goes after the glory, but a religious spirit will target the freedom. The religious spirit hates, I can't express to you the word hatred enough. The religious spirit hates freedom. It hates that people dance and sing, clap their hands, they're free in worship. It hates that churches are free in the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to come move, you know, like the Bible says He's supposed to come move. The gifts are in operation. The Holy Spirit is is powerfully working in that church. It hates that freedom, and it wants to put a stop to that freedom. A religious spirit will try to plop down on a church like a wet blanket to smother the fires of revival and render that ministry, render that church lukewarm at best. All of a sudden where people used to really be free in their praise and worship, now they're just standing there or sitting and they don't even enter in anymore. There's something that has plopped down and killed the freedom. Everything is just structured at 10, we'll do this. 10.05, we're going to do this. At 10.13, we're going to do this. And it becomes just a dead religious ritual where there's no freedom for the Holy Spirit to move and do what He wants to do. That's a religious spirit. And people that have a religious spirit want to control. See, what a religious spirit hates, those that are under the influence of that, they hate being out of control. They hate the fact that the Holy Spirit Would be in control of a meeting. And the meeting is going to go the way the Holy Spirit directs. And there's freedom there. They hate that. They want to be in control. The third spirit I want to talk about is Jezebel. The Jezebel spirit. Subversive activity targeting prophetic ministries. So. The Jezebel spirit, I, I use the word subversive because subversive means like troublemakers, rebels, people like that. But I want you to picture with me in your mind like a submarine is under the water. It's under the surface so you don't see it. The reason why I use the word subversive is because even though they're troublemaking and they're rebels, they want to remain hidden doing it. A Jezebel spirit is a spirit that will cause division in a church and it will target that prophetic. If if a minister has like a, a revival, an Elijah fiery type mantle and they see things spiritually and they're the type of ministry that can expose the devil's tactics and have a prophetic edge and what the Bible calls like the spirit of Elijah is at work in that church, that is where the Jezebel spirit will really target the most. But the Jezebel spirit, as many people know, I'm just going to go through this, but it operates through what's called in the Bible witchcraft. Witchcraft in the Bible, you know, a lot of people you say something about witchcraft and they picture like an old lady, right? She's got a little black pointy hat and like a wart on her nose and she's stirring a cauldron or something like that. All right. Well, in the Bible, that's not necessarily the the complete picture. Witchcraft in the Bible has to do with an ungodly control And it can come through the dark arts or it can come through the flesh, which I'm about to explain. And so the way Jezebel operates is it has to do with a spirit of witchcraft in that church that is going to try to be subversive. It's going to try to remain hidden behind the scenes. These people are really good actors. They know how to come into church and act like everything's fine. They know how to crocodile tear when they need to to get people feel sorry for them Um, they know the lingo in church and they know how to act like everything's great and they're your best friend but you can sense if you're discerning that under the surface there's something that's seething there that's way off and you don't feel comfortable with it at all and that's a jezebel spirit and a jezebel spirit will try to attack if somebody's involved in witchcraft in the occult realm they will try to target a church with um you know through curses and things like that but usually more than anything else you're dealing with christians and so a christian that's allowed a jezebel spirit in their life this is not something where they're going to be deliberately operating with spell casting and curses and things like that so theirs is going to be more subtle but what a christian under jezebel spirit will do many times is they will uh, maybe pray against the leadership pray that I've heard some crazy stories where these so called intercessors were praying for the pastor's wife to die because somebody else was supposed to marry him or some crazy nonsense. Um, But they will, a lot of times, more than anything else, what a Jezebel spirit will do is this they do not want to submit to authority. When you look at their life, they have a long history of having relationship problems with male authority, like a husband or other pastors or leaders, because they do not want to submit to their authority. They will buck that authority. And they have a very strong, rebellious streak in them. And so what a Jezebel spirit will do many times is, is they're, they have a major problem with that male authority figure. It doesn't matter who he is. Once they once they leave one church, they'll go to the next, and they'll have the same problem with that guy. It's not the church. It's them. But what they'll do a lot of times is, and y'all need to be aware of this tactic because this is the most common, is they want to get sympathetic, get people that are sympathetic to their cause, and they'll befriend them, and they'll begin to talk to them, and they'll develop a relationship with them. Then over time, they'll begin to kind of open up to them and talk to them about their personal life, and then they'll start slipping little innuendos about you know, I don't feel like the pastor's very loving. I don't feel like I can really approach him. I don't feel like that the pastor's wife is, you know, that she's really there to listen to me. And and they'll give you these little innuendos, and it's, it's demonic. It's a Jezebel spirit manifesting, trying to find a following, which I'll come to that later. I'll tie all this together. But these spirits, I have seen these things. They're in the Bible. They're in the Old Testament. They're in the New Testament. I've seen them linked to end-time prophecy. I believe that they're linked to an end-time attack against God's people. And I've seen them at work in our region. And I've seen this type of thing with Jezebel over and over and over. The fourth one I want to talk about, and I've already mentioned, is the spirit of Python. This is an occult spirit of divination that works together with the Jezebel spirit. And it is counterfeit revelation. It's linked to death and it's linked to confinement. What you have to understand is that most people being Christians would never in a million years get out a piece of paper and write down some kind of a contract with some kind of a spirit and make some kind of a you know like an agreement with a satanic spirit in their life most people would not deliberately knowingly do that most christians would never in a million years think well hey you know i'm going to pray to these demonic entities and i'm going to communicate with them and i'm going to come into agreement with them most people would never do that but what they do is they come into passive agreement with those spirits and i'll show you what i mean if a husband of a family, being the head of that home, allows, knowing that this stuff is not right, allows his children to have stuff in their room that's not right, he, he knows it's not right, he knows they're lying to him, he knows that they're rebelling, and he's not going to deal with them. He's got a wife that will dishonor, disrespect him in his house and in front of his kids, and he won't deal with her. He knows this stuff is wrong, but he's still letting it go on. He is coming into passive agreement with these demonic spirits. And once you come into agreement like that, these things begin to set up a stronghold. And a woman that knows better, knows that these things are wrong, and she's still doing them, let me tell you something. The longer that those spirits sit in somebody's life, the more like those spirits they will become. And if a pastor knows that there's stuff going on in that church that's not right, and he's not going to deal with it. He knows that there's sin that needs to be dealt with, but he won't deal with it. He knows that somebody has a Jezebel spirit and a Python spirit, and that they're, they're you know, going to be doing stuff in the church, and he lets it go on. He is coming in passive agreement with those spirits and letting that stuff in that church. And it will set up a stronghold in that church. And the move of God will die. You have to understand, when these things start moving in like this python spirit, it literally will begin to circle that church and squeeze the life out of it. And it will begin to bring in some kind of weird counterfeit. When you let that religious control go on and you let people control the church and control the move of God, it acts like a wet blanket coming on that church that will kill the move of God. Y'all are too quiet. I need my wife back in here to help me. (laughs) <laughs> well then you amen me all right amen. thank you <laughs> and I'll tell you something else when this is important too when preachers know I'm going to tell you that there's pastors after there, I love them I'm not being critical this is a fact they will preach certain things and they won't preach other things because they know that it won't be accepted even though it's the truth And they won't deal with social issues and other things in the church even though they know the Bible specifically clearly says it and they are coming into passive agreement with uh, principalities and powers over their city, region, and this nation because they refuse to man up and deal with them. They're more concerned about how many butts are in a seat and how big the offering is going to be and they don't want to rock the boat. I'm telling the truth. They know if I preach this, this little group over here that's got their little Jezebel following, they're going to get ticked off and they're going to leave. If I preach this, I know that this person over here is going to get offended and they're all going to leave. Well, listen, either you're going to please God or you're going to please man, but in that situation, you can't do both. You better just please God and let the chips fall where they may. But Python will slither in and bring a counterfeit revelation. And when you, when you read that, it's concerning because that woman that had a spirit of Python, she was prophesying the truth. See, people that don't have discernment, they think, well, if I just know the Bible, I'll be good. You better get some real discernment where you know the Holy Spirit and what's the Spirit of God and what's not, too. Because that woman was prophesying the truth over Paul and she was saying he's a servant of the Most High God telling you how to be saved. You can't get much more truthful than that. Nobody could argue with that. But it was a false spirit. And Paul had discernment. He said in the Bible, it says it annoyed him. It grieved his spirit. It vexed him on the inside. And he knew that that was not the Spirit of God and he turned around and cast it out. All right, that leads me to the next spirit I want to deal with, the spirit of whoredoms. The spirit of whoredoms is in Hosea 5.4. The spirit of whoredoms has to do with unfaithfulness and disloyalty. You could also call this a Judas spirit or an adulterous spirit. But when the spirit of whoredoms comes in, this works with the Jezebel spirit also. But I've been surprised... Over the years, I've not only seen this in River of Life, I've seen it other places. I could tell you I'm thinking of names and faces of completely other ministries and places where this really shocked me, but it surprises me how many people out there that their whole life has been totally transformed by a ministry or a church. You church. Know, it could be a ministry or a church. Their whole life was transformed. They, they were saved under that ministry possibly. They, they were um, delivered of things. They were discipled their whole life was radically transformed. But something slithers in their life, and pretty soon they have a heart change. And the Bible says that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. And pretty soon their love has now grown cold because there's something that has slithered into their life that's squeezing that love out of them and causing them to be darkened. And now it's like they could betray, they could stab that ministry in the back and just kind of just wipe their mouth and walk off like nothing happened. It's a Judas spirit. Unfaithfulness, disloyal. The spirit of whoredoms will try to cause people to be unfaithful to the Lord, to be unfaithful to His Word, and to be unfaithful from His to His people and His leaders. And like I said before, it works underneath a a jezebel spirit very strong so when you have a jezebel spirit you also a lot of times have python bringing counterfeit revelation and you have whoredoms where they'll feel very comfortable um, their hearts are turned against their leaders they don't have any problem with disliking them anymore or betraying them or whatever it's no big deal so that's a whoredoms spirit the last spirit I want to talk about is the spirit of error. And I'm going to tie all this together at the end of the sermon. The spirit of error has to do with deception, especially regarding pet doctrines. A lot of people have, it's, it's not really their fault, but they in church they were taught certain things that were not actually the Bible. And they really believe them because that's what they were taught. And I strongly always encourage people all the time, you need to read the Bible for yourself. You need to take off those sunglasses other people put on you, and you need to read it for yourself. And know the Bible for yourself. The Holy Spirit will help you see the truth. But where there's error, now people are teaching things that are not biblical. They'll teach in a way that is against tongues, or against the Holy Spirit, or against the gifts, or Against this or against that, and what they're doing, they don't realize that they're doing it, but they're opposing the move of God and opposing what God is trying to do in and through that church to make it effective. They have teaching that goes against that and will turn that church a wrong direction. It is vitally important that we discern the spiritual forces in our region so that you know what you're coming up against and so that you can know how to pray effectively. Did you all hear that? Let me say it one more time, because people are going to hear this from other parts of our nation, other parts of the world. It's vitally important that you discern the spirits of your region so that you know how to pray effectively and what you're coming up against. In this particular region, the stronghold would be religious witchcraft. And another thing that's really strong about a Jezebel spirit is is the um, the three Ds. You've got the disorder, division, dishonor, disrespect. But the disorder has to do with where you have somebody in headship that's supposed to be there. And then the people that's supposed to be like a husband and then a wife, you have somebody that's supposed to be submitting to that headship that won't do it. And Jezebel will try to move the order around where now she's actually the one that's a headship calling the shots. And he's subservient to that. That's a Jezebel spirit. So it brings disorder. And that tries to take place in a church. And a Jezebel will use false prophecy to try to manipulate and control leaders. They'll go up there and give them information. It may even be accurate information at times. But they'll give them false prophecy to try to use that prophecy to manipulate them. You have to discern this stuff. And also division. Jezebel, like I said earlier, will try to sow division among God's people. And then finally, what you see very strong with the Jezebel spirit is dishonor and disrespect toward authority. All right. So here's where I want to shift gears. The second point I want to make is developing discernment. Listen, guys, we've got to develop discernment for ourselves. Because what I'm concerned about is I want you that are hearing this you to have discernment for yourself i don't want you to get sucked into something weird i don't want you to get hurt because somebody slid up beside you in a church pew one day and began to talk to you and you didn't discern what they were about next thing you know they've brought a lot of hurt and pain in your life and your family when a jezebel is like um you know those suicide bombers that come in you know they blow themselves up, but they hurt a lot of innocent people. Now, Jezebel will destroy her family and her children and destroy a church if she can. It will hurt a lot of people in the process. All right, so here's how we've got to get discernment. Hebrews five fourteen, But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good from evil. So l- listen to this for a second. Solid food. This isn't milk any longer. This is meat. You're getting off of the baby food, the little Gerber, Gerber baby food. Okay, You're getting off that, and now you're, you're starting to cut the sirloin of the Word. Okay? You're getting into the meat of the Word, and you're starting to get some depth, some revelation that can only come by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14 through 16, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will lead you into all truth. He will teach you of what is mine so the holy spirit is the one the bible says all scriptures god breathed it was written as the holy spirit moved upon men so see the word of god is the the spirit of god is the author of the word of god and so if you want to understand the bible you need to consult the author and the spirit of god will begin to bring revelation to you and you've got to get off that milk and onto solid food and also, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good from evil. As the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and begin to give you revelation and information, and you begin to process that, and you begin to see things, the Holy Spirit's showing you begin to discern things. The more that you're doing this, your inner senses are being trained to discern what's of God and what's not of God. But bless God, most people in America don't really have prayer lives. And so they really don't have, a, I mean, an ounce of discernment about them. And so what they do is they just follow the crowds, thinking, well, it's safe, there's a bunch of people over here. You see, they, they don't have any real discernment. Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word fellowship is koinonia. And it has to do with intimate fellowship. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus said when the spirit of truth comes, he's the comforter. Jesus said, I'm going to go away. And you can't go where I'm going, but don't worry, I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He will be with you. He will be in you. He will lead you into truth. He'll show you things to come. And then the apostle Paul comes behind him here in the scriptures and says, look, you need to get to know the Holy Spirit. You need to have fellowship with him. The problem is, is that people don't know the real, and so therefore they don't know the counterfeit. Hello? Once you get to know the Holy Spirit, and you know his presence, you know his power, and you you know his revelation, when another spirit shows up, you know, hey, wait a second, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's why many, you know, this is a great example I've heard many times, but banks train their tellers to... You'll understand or discern like a counterfeit by handling the real all the time over and over and over and over they handle the real so that when a counterfeit comes they go okay wait a second that's not the real and so god's wanting us to get familiarized with the spirit of god and the holy spirit is just as much god as the father or the son so there's this training of the inner senses there's the prayer and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. There's knowing the Word of God, but it's knowing the Word of God by the Spirit of God where it's not just milk, it's meat. And we begin to develop in the gifts of the Spirit. And when you have people in your church, and I have some here that, you know, they have revelatory giftings and it's, it's real. You know their life, you know their credibility, you know that they're, they have a right attitude towards you, they're submitted to authority, they're right. It's not a weird spirit. I mean, they get revelation from God, and you take that serious. I've actually had people in this church give me some really powerful revelation. So we need to grow in our discernment. There's people out there that, that are kind of a part of that anti-Pentecostal, anti-charismatic, anti-full gospel type movement. They do not like the Holy Spirit. They can't stand the move of God. And their attitude is you just know the Bible by itself. That's it and that's fine we need to know the bible but the problem is is they kind of mock and make fun of those that have discernment and they say all these people over here they think they have discernment all you need is the word of god okay well in the bible it says that a false prophet will be somebody that's prophesying false things that don't come to pass right that's what the bible says well what about this in Acts sixteen sixteen? this woman was prophesying the truth over paul they would have bought that hook, hook, line, sinker when They They would just swallowed that just like it was because they didn't have any true discernment. Paul, it wasn't just a matter of knowing the Word of God, which he knew, but he also knew the Spirit of God, and he knew that thing is not the Holy Spirit. He was vexed in his spirit. He was grieved. So you need to know the Word, but you also need to know the Holy Spirit as well. So here's why I want to tie it together. Here's... You know, when you expose the enemy, it weakens him. In Zechariah 5.5, 5, I'm going to walk you through this. The angel who was speaking with me went out and said to me, lift up now your eyes and see what is going forth. And this is Zechariah as a prophet. I said, what is it? And he, the angel said, this is a basket going forth. And he said, This is their iniquity in the land. I'm going to walk you through this, so follow me. I want you to pay attention to these words. The iniquity that was in the land was allowing this spirit that was about to be exposed to be there. The iniquity that's allowed in somebody's home and tolerated will allow the spirit in that home that's there, that's prevalent. The iniquity has got to be dealt with. I'm going to show you. And behold... A lead cover. So don't you picture this. There's a basket and there's a heavy lead cover on the top of that basket. And the angel says that the iniquity that's in the land has to do with what's going on. And look at this. He says, and this is a woman sitting in the basket. Then he said, he points at the woman in the basket and says, that is wickedness right there. The woman in the basket. And he threw her back down in the middle of the basket. And cast the lead weight on top of the basket. Then I looked up with my eyes. And there were two women that were coming. With wind in their wings. And they had wings like a stork. And they lifted up the basket. Between heaven and earth. So you have these two like fallen angel type beings. Swooping in now. And they're picking up this wickedness. And they're taking it up into the second heaven. Which is where principalities and powers dwell. Again. The iniquity in the land is allowing the wickedness that's in the heavenlies. I said to the angel who was speaking with me, where are they taking the basket? And the angel said to me, to build a temple, notice religion there, to build a temple for her in the land of Shinar, which is Babylon. So what does Revelation talk a lot about Babylon. And when it is prepared, that temple, when it is prepared down the road, she will be set there on her own pedestal. This is a prophecy about the Jezebel spirit coming to full power in the last days. Now let me just rabbit trail for a moment and explain something about end time prophecy. When you see the book of Revelation talking about Babylon and then you see where a lot of Bible scholars say it seems like there's going to be a revived, like Roman or Grecian type empire. Alright, here's what you got to understand. Babylon is the spiritual kingdom behind the scenes. Babylon is the system of the wickedness in the heavenlies where you have principalities, powers, world ruling spirits, fallen angels that Satan is over, and behind the scenes in the spirit realm, you don't see them with your natural eye, but they're behind the scenes, and it's a structured kingdom. That's Babylon in the last days. It's Satan's kingdom, his uh, spiritual kingdom. But in the natural, you will see globalization. You will see more and more and more of a one-world government, one-world currency, one-world military, the nations beginning to unify and eventually there's going to be 10 different main kingdoms that will emerge in the Antichrist. Will be over. We know that from the scriptures, it's clear. But that natural kingdom of secular kingdoms is like a Roman Grecian type of kingdom is what the Bible portrays it as, okay? And so this Babylon is what Jezebel was really sitting on. It was a spiritual kingdom. But it also reflects a natural kingdom. Does this make sense? Okay. The spiritual demonic kingdom influences the natural kingdom. So that leads me to Revelation 17.1. Here we go. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke to me saying, Come here and I will show you the judgment of the great whore. Now I'm going to show you how these spirits I mentioned earlier are in end time prophecy and they're tied together. So right here... You have the great whore of Babylon, and you see whoredoms, unfaithfulness. Who sits upon many waters, the many waters are the many nations of the earth, with whom the kings of the earth commit acts of immorality. In other words, the kings are idolatrous. They're worshiping other gods. And those who dwell upon the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality, This spirit is causing so many people on the earth to sin. To keep sinning. To go deeper in their sin. It's like a seducing spirit. And he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Full of blasphemous names having seven heads and ten horns. Now I want you to notice that that beast, no doubt represents Ahab too. But that beast with seven heads and ten horns you can't get around the fact that that represents leviathan and jezebel and leviathan are very linked in the last days that beast represents the ten kingdoms of the earth remember and the seven heads are like the seven ruling spirits but anyway The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a gold cup of abomination, unclean things of her immorality. And on her forehead was a name written mystery. I want you to notice that mystery, Babylon the Great. Mystery. Why? Because Jezebel tries to remain hidden. The word occult means hidden. It's like trying to have some kind of occult veiling and be hidden behind that the mother of harlots, speaking of Jezebel, and the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. I'll tell you something else about a Jezebel spirit. A Jezebel spirit will really hate the true prophets of God. The more more that spirit's at work in somebody's life, the more like that spirit they become. So the more that they conform to a Jezebel image, the more they're going to hate the true prophets of God. But not only that, listen to me, they will also love the false prophets. Think about it for a minute in the Bible. Jezebel went out of her way to kill all the true prophets. But what did she do? Think about how much trouble this would be. She had like four to eight hundred false prophets. You think about how many people that is that ate at her table. Does anybody here want to feed 800 people regularly? But she went out of her way to do it because she loved the false prophets so much. And the angel said to me, why do you wonder? I tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has a seven head and ten horns. I'm just trying to show you in this sermon, I can't get deep in this. I'll lose everybody right now. But I'm trying to show you that these spirits are in end time prophecy. And they're all linked. Here's the last couple of scriptures. Nahum 3, 5. This is how God deals with these spirits. I am against you, declares the Lord. I will lift your skirts over your face and I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame. God will expose it. And you preach a sermon like this and people hear it and if, if it applies to them, God is dealing with them gently. He's exposing, exposing it to them in a sermon Gently. But if they don't respond right, and they don't really repent and change, then God will have to deal with them through judgment, which leads me to the next scripture. Revelation 2.20. I know your deeds, your love, your faith, and service, and perseverance, and that your deeds are, of late are greater than the, at first, but I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel calls herself a prophetess. Now, I want you to notice this. Jezebel calls herself a prophetess it's false prophecy it's python she teaches but her teaching leads bond servants astray so she has a spirit of error in her teaching because her teaching leads people astray and that's not only error but it's a religious spirit so that they commit acts of immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols I gave her time to repent. Here's my experience. It's in the Bible, and it is my experience for sure. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her in a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her in a great tribulation. See, she takes a lot of people down with her. See, what you don't understand is when a Jezebel begins to prophesy to you And you begin to accept that prophecy as truth. Then you don't realize it, but that thing is affecting you now. It's like a yoke is trying to slip around your neck. And when a Jezebel begins to teach you, and you begin to sit under that teaching, you don't realize it, but something is starting to wrap around your life. Jezebels are real mothering in churches, and they want to get a whole bunch of people under their little wings And they want to preach to him and teach him and they want to lay hands on him. But what they're imparting is not of God. And see what happens is God will cast that woman on a bed of sickness but he will bring great tribulation to all the people that that have um, allowed her to influence their life. And the Lord said unless she repents of her deed I'll kill her children with pestilence. And I always grieve for the children, both the biological children and the spiritual children, because they it's like a curse being passed down to them. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. See, there's a difference between hearing a sermon like this, and then you you know, you go down, you say a little prayer, and then you go home, and after about three or four days, you're the same as you were. That's not repentance. That's just feeling a little bit of conviction and you want to get that conviction off of you. So you go down and say a little prayer. God's looking for change. People say, well, I'm not really responsible for my actions and behavior about these. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. And God holds you accountable. And you will give an account for the people that you damaged through being used of the devil too. I promise you. So you can see these spirits in end-time prophecy. This right here is just kind of a, a quick sermon, if you will, on a very deep subject. But these spirits have been assigned by Satan to attack churches in these last days to render them ineffective. Satan wants Leviathan to sweep through a church and split that church up and so decimate that church that they're, they're all broken, they're heartbroken. Um, their church is just, it's been destroyed in many ways. He wants to put his little Jezebels in that church that will have subversive activity that will go against the leadership and begin to bring a strange spirit into that church. He wants Python to be working the altars <laughs> and falsely prophesying over people and laying hands on people so that... Python can begin to wrap itself around that church and squeeze the life right out of it. Squeeze their finances. Squeeze the anointing. And pretty soon, it's a powerless thing. You see, a lot of people have not discerned the difference between your human soul and emotions and the leading of the spirit. True prophecy. True prophecy comes from your spirit as the Holy Spirit gives it revelation to your spirit. Python will operate through the soul and the emotions in the soul realm. That's why John Paul Jackson, who's one of my favorite preachers in this area, for sure, he said that false prophecy is in the realm of the soul. True prophecy is from the spirit. There's a difference. And a lot of people don't even understand the difference yet between pride and presumption and true faith. Faith is when you really stand on God's word and you know you've heard from God and you step out in faith. But pride and presumption is is where you claim that i heard from god or i'm going to do this and god's got my back and you step out in presumption and then nothing happens and you kind of get hurt feelings with god don't operate like that we need to operate in true faith where we hear from god and you're getting true prophecy that's pure from the lord you're getting information from the holy spirit it's pure it's like pure waters And then you'll see that these spirits, that people like a Jezebel but others, they have a strange spirit and they also want to come in and they want to teach. It seems to me like those that need to be disciplined the most seem like they're a lot of times the ones that want to be prophesying, they want to be laying hands on people and they want to be teaching. But they're the very ones that don't need to do that right now until God get this stuff out of them. So here's what I want to close with this. This is the type of sermon that's for everybody, everybody, every preacher, for me, for you, for everybody that hears this. We need to examine ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit to show us what needs to be dealt with in us and be humble. See, pride will sit back and just like I talked about at the beginning of the service, somebody's got something in them where they buck up against that preacher. They don't want to hear it. And something in them is rebellious toward them. And therefore, they're not getting fed spiritually. They're not receiving what they need. And other people are getting touched more powerfully than them by the anointing through them. But it goes back to something in them that is bucking up against. This is not the time to respond that way. This would be the time to respond with great humility. God wants us to make sure that we examine ourselves. And don't just pray some little prayer for one day and say, oh, well, it's done. And then you walk off and you keep on like you're going. This is something that you can take these notes home and you pray over it until it is done. It's like, Lord, I'm going to humble myself and pray. And I'm going to tell you something else. When you pray... You pray with faith standing on God's word that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, that you've confessed this stuff, you believe that you're forgiven, and you ask him to begin to take this junk out of you. When somebody has a right heart toward leadership, as I said at the beginning of the sermon, then God can use that leadership to help release the healing and the deliverance and the breakthrough that you so desperately need. All right, so direct confrontation. The last couple of things here on, on the notes. You cannot overlook this stuff. Amen, leaders? Come on. You cannot overlook this stuff. If you know this stuff's going on and you let it go on, I'm telling you, you're coming into passive agreement with spirits and you're letting them in the church. You cannot do it. You better put your foot down. And that means there's going to be some people that don't like you. Maybe some people that leave, whatever but that's their problem the second thing is pastors and and uh, leaders in these last days better be men of prayer you better be men of prayer because you're going to need the holy ghost in these times and you're going to need to hear from god and you're going to need discernment and you're going to have to keep unity i had a vision one time the lord gave me i really believe 100 this was from god i was praying about God had led me in a meeting to pray about a Jezebel spirit and it wasn't in the church. It was somewhere else, but we were in a prayer meeting and I had a vision. And in this vision, I saw that this angel of the Lord, y'all listen to this. This is an awesome vision. I saw that this angel of the Lord came into a church and they were in like the foyer area and people were talking and this angel was like very military, just walked in head up, just going straight toward this lady and this lady was just standing there talking but he reached out and grabbed her by the back of her collar and as soon as he did and started pulling her backward it was like something in her just manifested she went crazy she started screaming and cussing and yelling and pointing at people and started threatening people and this angel had her by the back of the collar and was just walking straight out of the church with her she was going backward cussing like a sailor yelling at everybody and he just took her right out the door out she goes that's how God will deal with Jezebel but see you don't see the angel you just see the explosion of the woman (laughs) going off on everybody true intercessors are the key and we need angelic assistance and we need the sword of the lord the lord will send his sword into our midst and we'll begin to cut away things. But listen, if we're humble before the Lord and we say, Lord, we welcome your sword in our lives, Lord, cut out anything out of me that needs to go. Show me, I repent. I want to be right. The sword of the Lord is like a scalpel of a of a surgeon that knows exactly what to do, and the Holy Spirit will begin to cut things out of you. But when somebody's defiant back there, like, you know, what is all this nonsense? I'm not, you know, and they get this attitude, the sword of the Lord will take them down and out. <laughs> So what I'm trying to get at as we pray here in just a moment is make sure these are end-time spirits against the whole body of Christ all over the world. This is not limited to Dallas. This is in the Bible. This is everybody. All of us need to make sure that there's nothing in us for these spirits to exploit. If you want to have victory over Leviathan, humble yourself to the dirt and repent and say, Lord, forgive me for any pride. You would have victory over Jezebel, same thing. Forgive me, Lord, for any manipulation and control, idolatry and other things. You want to have victory over Python, Lord, forgive me if there's been anything counterfeit. I repent, I renounce it. As you really pray, God will begin to purge you of this stuff and then you'll be free. But you have to pray it all the way through to the other side, which can take some time because God says, okay, I heard your prayer. Now I'm going to put you through a process of pruning you and refining you, which is going to take the next year. And you prayed today, but now I've set this in motion in your life, and I'm not going to stop until I'm done. So get ready. I'm dropping you in the grease. And here you go. And God puts you in the fire. And next thing you know, things start coming up. If you'll stay with that and let God burn it out of you, you'll be protected from these things but if you start bucking up against the process and you don't like it and or you go back to your old ways um there won't be any other choice but god to deal with you more through a disciplinary act of judgment whereas a refining purifying act that he wanted to do he's loving he gives all of us a chance Alright, so what I want to do, and I want this to be on the recording, because there's people that are hearing this that may want to pray, but I want to lead you in a prayer, all of us together, where we ask forgiveness for and renounce any of this stuff in our life, and just ask God to purify us. We don't want to be prideful, we don't want to have a religious spirit. Religious spirit and their pet doctrines will try to really turn people away from the move of God, away from the move of the Holy Spirit. We don't need that. So if you want to pray this with me, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you're hearing this you know, online or you're driving down the road or whatever, however you're hearing this, just agree with us. We're all going to come together. But I want everybody out loud to pray this. Jesus, I ask forgiveness for any toleration of Leviathan pride. Forgive me, Lord. If my mouth has ever sinned against you, and if the devil's been able to use me, Through pride. Forgive me Lord. I repent. Forgive me for religious spirits. Where I've allowed lukewarmness. Coldness. Sterility. Pet doctrines. Traditions of men. Things that are not biblical. And it killed the freedom. It hindered the revival in me. Forgive me Lord take this out of me and set me on fire again forgive me Lord for the Jezebel spirit or the Ahab spirit any subversive activity any ungodly control idolatry anything I put before you or trusted in other than you forgive me for idols any immorality. Forgive me, Lord. Also for Python, for any counterfeit revelation and confinement or death, I renounce these things. Also the spirit of whoredoms. If I've allowed my love to grow cold and to be unfaithful, and disloyal to other people and to you and your word. Forgive me, Lord, for the backsliding. Forgive me for error and deception and pet doctrines. The Bible says you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me for all, from all unrighteousness. If I confess my sin. So I believe. For the blood of Jesus. To wash me clean. And separate this. From me and my family. Right now. I destroy off my life. And my family. Any of these works of the devil. I break its power. I bind these spirits. To go from my life. And my whole family in ministry right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for freedom. And I pray, Lord, for your grace to have a right heart toward your people and your leaders so that I can receive everything God has for me through that ministry